Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power Your Life Radio Show with host and success doc Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today on Power Your Life. I'm Joanne White. It's always a pleasure to be here. I want to give a shout-out to people all over the globe and in the United States healing with challenges, no matter what your age is. Just know that we are here and doing the best that we can to help everybody that we can, and that's so important. Speaking of helping everybody, I have a special guest on today who is going to talk about how to help parents successfully manage their children and teens' emotions and more. And I'm talking about Dr. Jeffrey Bernstein, who's a psychologist with 32-plus years' experience specializing in child, adolescent, couples, and family therapy. His interest in the struggles we face and how we best overcome these challenges has led him to work with over 3,000 children, teens, and families. This has helped Dr. Jeffrey refine the skill and art of creating emotional safety and positive behavioral changes for his clients who learn valuable coping skills and move forward in their lives. Dr. Jeffrey Bernstein has also appeared on the Today Show, Court TV, as an expert advisor. CBS, Eyewitness News, Philadelphia 10, Philadelphia NBC, as well as Public Radio. He's authored six prior books, including The Stress Survival Guide for Teens, Mindfulness for Teen Worry, 10 Days to a Less Defiant Child, 10 Days to Less Distracted Child, Liking the Child You Love, and Why Can't You Read My Mind?, He's also published The Letting Go of Anger Therapeutic Card Deck and his newest Amazon top-selling book, The Anxiety, Depression, and Anger Toolbox for Teens, was just recently released. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Jeffrey. How are you? Oh, I'm doing very well, and I'm very grateful to be on the show with you, Joanne, so thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thank you. So, you have so many books, and I, th- I think so many of them, what you're writing and what you're doing with your clients are very important, especially now with everything that we're going through, stress levels high, we're not doing business as usual, schools as usual, so I think that, that people really are going to benefit from, from everything that you have to offer. So what... Let's go right into it. What are some of the challenges that teens face generally and now kind of amplified because of COVID and the pandemic? Mm-hmm. Now, well, certainly I think that one of the biggest challenges I think that's been going on is for families and teens forgetting <laughs> that things are different. 
And by that, I mean, I mean, there's a range, right? So we still have a lot of families um, that are very quarantined. Um, and for a lot of those children and teens, I'm seeing a lot of isolation, um, especially, you know, for children who are more socially anxious to begin with and teens. I think the more they get away from being challenged in terms of having to push through the blocks, the insecurities for social anxiety, I'm really concerned that a lot of those teens and, and, and uh, children are going to be sort of on the bottle it up and pay later plan or implode or hopefully not explode later plan. But, you know, bottling up anxiety by not having to um, calm down and problem solve when facing these social demands. I think that's a problem that is going to come even later as we start to, for lack of a better word, renormalize. And then you have a lot of the teens and, um, and some families that, you know, I, I think are in a bit of denial that <laughs> are very strongly minimizing risks and in, in not being able to sort of be able uh, accommodate and say, hey, you know, we have to make certain sensible decisions here and and really kind of minimize our risks. We're still going out. We're still engaging. We're doing some sports. We're doing some activities. Um, so we don't want that side either. You know, we don't want denial where we're not where we're out of touch with risk because um, a lot of these children and teens they have relatives. Um, some are older, and we know even some people in the younger ages are still vulnerable to this virus. So I think the challenge for all of us is to find that sweet spot how to kind of operate out there, how to live our lives, not in denial, but not so hypervigilant to the point that we're feeling um, deprived. And that, that's the challenge that I don't think a lot of people really have the answer. They're doing the best they can. So that's the challenge. And I think it's a lot of unspoken anxiety for all of us. You know, I, I totally agree with you. And I, I know personally, I usually am. Um, great at managing my own emotions and whatever, but I can feel in myself just the rise in, in, in some anxiety and, you know, I know what to do with it. So what do you recommend? Let's talk about what do you recommend right now for two, two things. Recommend for people who, who are feeling, people and children and teens who are feeling isolated and they can't do the normalization of activities and be with friends or whatever, what do they need to do to cope during this time so that they don't have that bottoming out that you talked about afterward? Mm -hmm. Well, I have a couple of kids that I've been working with, and they themselves have talked about the value of just getting outside every day, um, especially some kids that I have that are, you know, very into gaming. They're very – they really like, you know um, – video games type thing. Um, a lot of kids are living on YouTube, um, checking out some of the celebs and <laughs> attractions on YouTube. But I've not had any young person say to me, going outside is a bad thing. A lot will say, you know, I forget or my parents push me. But the more that we can reinforce, it's just once you walk out that door and you realize the world is out there, even if you're not going to be interfacing with other people, just taking in nature, listening to the birds, walking around, feeling your feet on the grass. Um, I think these, or even on the, on the sidewalk, I think these things can be very centering. So that's first and foremost. Um, then the, the next step would be acknowledging this is a hard time right now. This is different. 
and and that's okay. And I think parents, well, you know, when the pandemic first hit, parents were really a lot of them were there's a need to have order. So they were really kind of pushing their kids. We need the schedule right now. You know, we need to have each hour very structured for internet learning, but yet we were all trying to figure out how to do this. And I think for for parents, it's okay to say to their kids, you know, we're learning and growing. We're learning and growing and figuring out how to adapt. In other words, parents not feeling that they have to take on having all the answers. When will this pandemic end? When when will we be able to go back to normal? Being able to say, you know, I'm feeling a little anxious about the very questions you're asking. And it's good that you're asking those questions because I wonder about that too. And how does it affect you? Because, you know, I'm not really sure yet. Here's how it affects me. I think the more that parents can create an empathetic bond to be able to explore things that we don't know, as opposed to trying to come up with answers or force certain behaviors, it's going to do a lot in terms of teaching kids how to deal with stress that comes from ambiguity. And that is where I think a lot of stress does come from the unknown. You know, I think that's, that's so true. And being outside, to me, I've just walked twice to, twice already <laughs> because uh-huh. walking, Good doing you, physical John. activity, yeah. it, it, I need it, you know. And, and if I need it and, and I know how to, how to cope much better than a lot of people, you know, what you're suggesting is so important. I'm also hearing, Dr. Jeffrey, from parents that are saying, I can't do this. I have a, f- a couple of friends who have children, and they're of different ages. They're teens and also younger children. And because they're they're doing homeschooling as well as handling all the stuff that they have to do for themselves and their family, they are feeling overwhelmed and frustrated. And like like, I had, like somebody told me two weeks ago, I'm going crazy, Joanne. I I don't know what to do. I I can't keep up. What do we tell parents that are feeling emotionally, like, drained and and, and also upset about everything that's happening and and all the new responsibilities that are placed on them? I think one of the best ways to build grit, and I talk a lot about this in, in, you know, the latest book, and to, to foster optimism is to, anchor ourselves in past successes. Um, So, you know, this feeling right now is very different. The world is all going through. This is the one time I remember, Joanne, where the whole world doesn't really have a good, clear answer. We're all on this, like, when would, will there be another wave? How would it impact with the flu? Or will it? And, you know, when will a vaccine come? And can we trust the vaccine? All these questions, which are very natural. Maybe to have families, parents, and and talk about this with kids, what were some other times we went through? They weren't like this, but, you know, for parents to think to themselves, for example, well, we had two young children under four for a four-year period, and, oh, my gosh, you know, we never thought we'd get through that. Or I was going to college, and I didn't think I would get in, and I got through the application, or we were trying to sell our house and move and get everybody together. Um, So not that you're going to find a a situation from your past that exactly approximates, that that shows, you know, it's very similar to what we're dealing with now, but certainly anchoring ourselves and our children in times where we push through and persevered. And, you know, how did you feel when you got through that? And what did you say to yourself? And reminding yourself that, 
you know, you're, as long as we're together and we're open and we trust each other and we love each other, that's the best we can do. And, and reminding ourselves that life isn't necessarily going to be filled with the good times, that we're going to have these bad times too. And then we get through them. We even appreciate the good times more. Gratitudes, I think, is another wonderful anchor because when you focus on what you have, it really fills you up. And I get concerned that people kind of look at gratitude and they say, well, yeah, I know, sort of, yeah, I feel good when I do them, but hey, it doesn't last. Well, you know what? A lot of things in life when it comes to our mental health, don't quote unquote last, we have to keep doing them. Much like picking out weeds in our garden, you weed the garden, they come back. You know, it's a maintenance type of thing. And it's okay that, hey, I have to kind of keep doing my gratitudes. The more I do my gratitudes, look at what I have, the better I feel. So kind of looking at tools for mental health as part of our life, not just even to get through a bad time, but to help us cope with with just feeling good throughout. You know, the, what you're saying is so essential, Dr. Jeffrey, because I think you're right. You're so right. I mean, when we take a look at what our prior successes are, even if there have been small ones, we can feel more empowered and feel better about, well, we were, like you said, we, well, we were able to do this. We didn't think we could, and we did. And, yes, bravo. So build on those. And exactly. gratitude, I'm with you. I'm in the process of releasing a, a music video called Joy and Gratitude because I think that, yeah, we have to, you know, we have to practice it daily. And and something that that you, I'm sure you also do with your families is is help them talk to their kids about what are you grateful for today? What do you know? What what happened that was that made you feel good? And and. I do that daily, not only with myself, but with the people that I work with, because it's so essential we forget we're alive. You and I are having this conversation. The sun is out today. There are so many things to be thankful for in addition to the challenges that we have. Now, you have a host of some incredible books. I mean, I read some of them earlier, and there's more. Tell us about some of the techniques that you utilize, in, especially in your new toolbox for teens, but you, you, you combine a lot of different techniques that families, teens, children can utilize to help them feel better about their lives and themselves. So can you talk to our listeners a little sure. bit more about what they are and how they can utilize them? Sure. But Joanne, let me just go back to one more thing. I'm so glad we both, you know, see the gratitude and the value of it. The one other thing that I just wanted to add to that is it's okay to tell our children and our teens and ourselves, it's hard to remember to be grateful that we let our kids know, Hey, I battle for this. This isn't necessarily easy for me so that we let our kids know you have to keep working on being grateful and it's okay. And you're not a failure and it doesn't mean you're not good at it. If there's days where you struggle to find it, the most important thing is to realize when you do it, it does help. <laughs> I think with, and that's a really good segue, by the way, to, to your question right now about what are the strategies and techniques that I offer in the book. So in the anxiety, depression and anger toolbox for teens, um, it really is, a, a distillation, if you will. It's a synergy of all my other work, and I'm really, really grateful to have been able, speaking of gratitude, to write it. 
What I do in this book is it comes down to what I believe are the two most important skills for life. Now, I often playfully will say to families that I'm starting out, what do you think the two most important skills are to get you through life? And look, there's no one answer, certainly knowing to be communication skills, being able to write well, STEM skills, science and math skills, they're all important. But I really believe the two most crucial skills are the ability to calm down and the ability to solve problems. And that's at the forefront of this book. So I start out in the book, I bring together three major modalities that I feel are very, very valuable. One is mindfulness, the ability to quiet our mind and get to the present moment. The second one is cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, the ability that when we start to talk ourselves out of things, when we get those self-limiting beliefs, when we shame ourselves, when we drive anxiety with that land of fiction that starts with that two-word question, what if? (laughs) And we lose sight of that seven-word question that usually can put those what-ifs to sleep or get them at least out of our mind for a while. What is the worst thing that can happen? So cognitive therapy. And then the last part that I bring in, and it's a three-pronged approach, Um, is positive psychology. And positive psychology is not walking around with a smile plastered to your face and never getting down. That's a myth. Positive psychology is being able to focus on your strengths, to learn how to think more optimistic. The glass is half full, uh, not half empty. The ability to have grit, which is bounce back and resilience, and flow to be able to lose ourselves in certain activities. That's what positive psychology is. And I take those three modalities, Joanne, and I apply them to some of the main challenges that teens and children are facing today, which are, you know, academic school demands. And as you know, right now, with so many kids learning through Zoom, that's a big one. We talk about in their social peer pressure demands and also family dynamics demands. And the other one is body image. So I take these three modalities, I apply them to different parts throughout the book, and then (laughs) I'm using all that and systematically go through the big three emotions, anxiety, depression, and anger. So those are, that's really the outline of the book. And it's got 150 different worksheets, tools. They're very quick and easy um, that therapists and parents, teachers, guidance counselors can do with teens. And, of course, the teens that have been doing them with me, um, I'm very grateful that the feedback's been real good. All these strategies came out of my 30 years of working with teens, and I've updated them um, you know, to really be in sync with text messaging and Instagram and Snapchat and all that kind of social media stuff, too. So I, I love what you're doing, and, and I know that those work. I utilize them, too, with, with, with some of the clients that I have, and, and, I, and I think it's so very, very important. Tell our listeners and the, and the parents and the, the kids that are listening how they can mm-hmm. apply mindfulness in their lives today? What, what's something simple that they can utilize that, that can help them with that? Mm-hmm. The best 
most important advice I can give about mindfulness. It sounds so mysterious. It sounds like you have to be kind of like a Buddhist monk. By the way, I live with Buddhist monks in Vermont at a monastery uh, for about a week, uh, about 10 days, um, about 20 years ago. And one of the coolest things I realized when living with Buddhist monks is they're moody, like I can be moody. Not that they're more moody, but in the morning, if they haven't had their coffee, they may be moody, those who drink coffee. They're human beings. That mindfulness is not some, you know, sort of um, different state to go to where you have to go to the top of a mountaintop and wear a robe or practice a certain religion that anybody can access mindfulness. It's about being in the present moment. And the best advice I can give about mindfulness is it's hard to be mindful. What's most upsetting to me is when people will say, I tried, by the way, it's kind of synonymous with meditation, being in the present moment, when people will say, I can't be mindful. It doesn't work for me. And I say, what happened? Well, I got distracted. I had all these different things came into my head. And then I think folk wisdom states that we have 50,000 thoughts go through our brain every day. The idea that we can make our brain, our mind, a blank slate is a big myth. So just taking a few breaths, watching the breath go from our nose, our mouth, down to our stomach, just saying to yourself, I'm breathing in, and then reversing that and breathing out as simple as following your breath and you're being mindful. And that if you're starting to get distracted and other thoughts, are, that's part of being mindful. So being generous to ourselves, not being critical and just following the best we can, an anchor of the present moment like our breath. Walking outside, walking and feeling our feet on the ground, feeling our weight shift. Is the ground soft? Is it hard? You're in the present moment to try to process that. Um, playing, petting your, petting your dog or your cat. I can't think of anything more mindful than that. You're making contact with the texture of the fur. You're feeling the warmth. You're holding that animal. You're exchanging a feeling of love. That's being mindful. So it can be, it can be brushing your teeth focusing on how the toothpaste feels in your mouth, you know, rinsing with water. I mean, it sounds corny, <laughs> taking a shower, feeling the, the water on your body, how, how comforting that feels. That's being mindful, that it is not some elusive state that, again, you have to climb to a mountain to reach, that it's there for you. And if you don't do it perfectly, and if you struggle to be mindful, that's the most important part of mindfulness that it doesn't come easily. The more you practice it, the more you take those breaths every day or try to live in gratitude, Being gra- getting into gratitude is mindful too because it gets you in the present moment. You know, Jeff, Dr. Jeffrey, I love these because I, it's so important. And years ago there was, there was um, some comic that was talking about meditation and she, she did a really funny skit whereby She's meditating, and, and, and all these thoughts are coming into her head, because they do, you know, when you meditate or when you're trying to be mindful. And rather than go crazy about them, to just, okay. And there, there are so many different ways, thinking or whatever. I, I do a walking meditation because I find, for me, I need the physicality, and mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. so when I'm walking, 
my mind, not, not initially, but my mind can get quiet. And like you said, you can feel the, the, the ground and the movement, and that quiets me so that I can actually get inner guidance and just feel more connected to, to quiet and to ease. So thank you for saying that because I think it, it's so essential that we also utilize what works for us and not be so hard on ourselves. And, and you gave people that out too, that, you know, be, yeah, it's, it's going to be a challenge and that's okay. Right. It's part of it. So, so thank you for that. That's important that our listeners hear that. What is your therapeutic the letting go of anger therapeutic card deck. I was thinking about that earlier. What is that? And and it sounds it sounds like fun. Well, it is fun. One of the coolest things is it's got a lot. Of, it's got fifty like a, it's like a card deck. It's got fifty two different interventions. It's got kids and teens and parents doing. You know, you can do breathing exercises. It's got visualizations like visualizing streams or visualizing leaves floating down a stream. It, it's got one card where it talks about snap yourself out of it, learning different ways of combinations of snapping your fingers, literally different rhythms to distract yourself and get rid of anger. Um, it's got you thinking about positive accomplishments of your life, looking at times you've overcome setbacks. Um, it's got it's got cards in there with the cognitive psychology strategies, learning how to challenge your what ifs um, and those shoulds. So that's what it is. It, it, it's very, very little bite sized parts, uh, strategies of anger management. Um, and it seemed what I really love about this is that when I'm working with teens, I'll say to them, um, if I'm in the office, you know, now, of course, with the pandemic um, and I do Zooms, I'll just show them the cards or read them to them and ask them to tell me. Um, but they'll pick out of the cards on any given day. I might go through 10 to 15 cards out of the 52 and say, which one? Give me one or a couple of these. You may not like some of these. That's okay. But which one could you see yourself doing? And then when they identify them, now I've got <laughs> strategies that they picked. Do you know you picked this? I didn't pick this for you. Do you think you can try this this week? And it works. It helps promote ownership, and, it, and it's a, I've gotten really good feedback. I will even share very quickly. I got a call from West Virginia, I swear, <laughs> about a, two months ago from a 14-year-old who told me that she's been using the Letting Go Anger card deck and how it's helped her. I was blown away. It felt so good. So, yeah. You know, I love it. And I'm sure that parents can even use that for themselves, right? I mean, it sounds like we we we, we look at a card and pay attention to what's on it and be able to practice it, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and be able to utilize that in our own lives. Have you found that that parents and adults are successfully using that deck as well? I find it very, very much to be the case. What I often say is make it a family endeavor. Take that card and tape it to the refrigerator and make that be the anger tool that you practice during the week, you know, and, and you don't have to do it perfectly, but just raising that mindfulness. And when you bring it in, instead of telling a child or teen, here's what you need to do, here's what you should do, don't get, you know, how about we practice this all together? 
You know, and that's how you get rid of a lot of the power struggles, even going back to 10 days to a less defiant child. You know that, by the way, every one of those books I wrote came from personal pain and agony, (laughs) my own struggles in life when I went through a divorce well over 20 years ago and I was having toxic thoughts toward my ex and I'm sure she was toward me, you know, like you always do this, you never do that, you're this, you're that. You know, and then when I was struggling with my own children and my own children looked at me and said, Dad, you have anger issues. You can't even manage your own kids. And that's when it sparked me to write 10 Days to a Less Defiant Child because I knew I had to do it a different way, calm, firm, non-controlling instead of being, you know, the punisher and excessive timeouts and getting reactive. So every one of my books have come from really my own pain. So and, and I'm an adult. And I see the way adults benefit from these interventions, too. And when adults can share with their kids and teens, look, I battle, too. Mental health is something I work for, too. The ability to scream, you know, to kind of not yell at you and to talk things out. Hey, guys, let's have a constructive conversation. There's a part of me right now that wants to yell at you. That's not going to help you, and that's not going to help me. See, now, instead of just saying to a child or teen, hey, quiet, hey, don't yell, hey, don't speak to me like that, you can, I, I'm all about kids showing respect for their parents, but the more that you can have that empathetic bond, like, yeah, you know, I'm feeling like I want to yell too. I really want to get angry, but hey, is that, excuse me, is that going to help us get closer? Is that going to help us figure this out? Again, calm down and solve problems. Model it. Parents want to be emotion coaches to their kids. The more they can do that, the more they can slow down those interactions, get rid of the power struggles, and create that collaborative, we're in this together. So the more that parents can manage their own anger, the more they can do that. You know, I love that, emotion coaches, because I think that's so key. And and we have to be able to show, like you said, Dr. Jeffrey, that as, as adults, we're also vulnerable. We're also going through difficult times. I think that, that sometimes we think, like you said, that we need to that to gain respect and to gain our our children and our teens listening to us, we we have to have all the answers and we have to be but no. So it's I think we get more points when when we're showing our human side, our vulnerable side. And I have a funny thing I wanted to say to you. I mean, the other day I, I accidentally, and I, this is to show that, that I'm also, like, emotionally charged during this, I accidentally bumped into the wall. I was walking quickly, and I yelled at the wall, uh-huh. what are you doing bumping right. into me? You know, it's like, and kind of laughing at myself at the same time that I was doing it because the wall didn't bump into me. I mean, I bumped into the wall, but you can see the level of anger that we, you know, and, and stress that we're all going through. And I, I think sometimes, like you said, utilizing all the skills that you talked about, I think also being humorous, laughing at ourselves sometimes is, is so key because doing that kind of got me back to my reality. Hey, Joanne, you know, cool it. Hit the wall. The wall didn't do anything to you. You're stressed, and, and it's okay, and I, that's important. You know, you talked about the lessons that you've learned from your t- working with your own children and life itself, and, and like you said, Dr. Jeffrey, we all have lessons, and you've applied those lessons to your books, and they're beautiful. 
What about your clients? I know that working with my clients, I've learned so much from them. What have you learned from your clients that you've also utilized for yourself and, and in your work? You know, what I've learned from my clients has been the message that has pay, played out that my best friend since kindergarten would say, and, and uh, he, he said, the only perfect people are in the cemetery. And to wow. this day, I treasure that quote. You know what I mean by that, that when we go to a funeral, all we hear about is how perfect when we lay somebody to rest and we pay our respects. But we know that up until a few weeks before that person passes, with all due respect, they probably irritated somebody. There's, we all have our limitations and shortcomings. Joanne, I am so grateful that with my work now, I may have my days and some days I may feel a little worn out, but I'll tell you, I am so inspired by the stories I hear of people who face these adverse, very challenging situations, having children with medical conditions, having medical conditions themselves, having, you know, career terms that have not gone their way. People that are just shown me a certain grace and ability. Uh, children who have had insights and old soul perspectives that many adults don't have. Seeing people who found ways to make it in this world when they had learning disabilities and ADHD and learned to think in ways and develop grit. In short, what I get from my clients is really a privilege and an honor to see people in their intimate personal lives making, doing the best they can and learning how to deal with life. And it just helps reinforce to me that it, life takes work. It's not easy and that's okay. And to look for the people that inspire me and more often than not, it's my clients. So <laughs> that's what I get. I get a real lift. That's what I get. You know, that's so beautiful and, and, and also very poignant, Dr. Jeffrey, because yeah, there are people that are going through, like you said, hardships and, and having to, to step up to the plate and have resilience and courage. And it helps us feel better about who we are and what's going on in our lives and 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 just take a, have a better outlook. So what you just said is so beautiful and, and, and so wonderful. Thank you for that. What We're almost running out of time, but you and I could talk sure. for such a long time. What else do you want to tell our listeners, our parents, our teens that, that's essential for today to help them move forward in their lives, thrive and feel better about themselves and, and kind of stabilize their emotional states? Well, you know, one thing is, um, you know, if you are going to try to help a child or teen work through managing frustration and anger, do the exercises with them in, in a book like mine, whether it's my book, whether it's someone else's book, don't just hand it to the kid, the, the teen <laughs> and say, are you done? You know, show me what you've learned, you know, make it a collaborative exercise, whether you're using a card deck, whether you're using a, a toolbox workbook, work with them. And also to parents, catch your child or teen showing success. Don't just keep pointing out where they're falling short. It's selective attention. Very quickly, if you go out today and buy a used or new blue Toyota Camry, what are you going to start to see on the road the next day? Blue Toyota Camrys. Why? Top of mind. 
don't be afraid to put positive differences. Your child works. He goes or she goes easier on a sibling, doesn't escalate so much, makes a quicker recovery when they're having a tantrum. That's what I'm talking about, where you see these positive corrections that kids and teens make, highlight it, slide a note under the door. Hey, I caught you. Take them aside. Give them a hug. Let them know when they're making the better decisions and showing better impulse control, let them know and encourage that catch them doing positive behaviors. We tend to forget that, especially with dual career couples, single parents, anything, you know, we're all overwhelmed when no matter what happily, it doesn't matter. Just look for the positives and reinforce them in our children and teens. Wow, that is key and so very important. I was talking to a client the other day who's an adult client, and she was saying that that the reason, you know, she was doing something earlier when she was younger to get her parents' approval, and they never they never gave it to her. They never told her, right. hey, good job, or, or great that you did, you know, everything that you're describing, Dr. Jeffrey. So it's so valuable. It helps us feel better, helps your children, your teens, even you feel better about themselves and be able to move forward with that positive feedback, that positive note like that you talked about or whatever it is so that they go on and do more. So that is so, so valuable, and I think we need so much more of that. Dr. Jeffrey Bernstein, you are a blessing, and I love what you're teaching. I love what you're doing. I love. I, I'm going to get the toolbox. I want. I mean, the, the the card deck. I want to see. I want that for myself. I think that's great. And um, tell our listeners how they could get a hold of all your books, including the the one that was just released, the Anxiety, Depression, and Anger Toolbox for Teens. And, again, adults can use that too. And also, Dr. Jeffrey, how they can reach you and get more information and find out more about the tools that you utilize for families. Sure. Dr. Jeff, D-R-J-E-F-F, online.com. Again, D-R-J-E-F-F online.com that's my website and it's got everything right there um you you got the the books page and it's got contact form to reach me um so that that's probably the easiest of course uh the anxiety depression and anger toolbox for teens and the letting go of anger card deck all the rest are on amazon um so yep between amazon and my website um just reach out any questions i always do my best to answer everyone and I'll do all I can. Thank you so much, Dr. Jeffrey. You are definitely a blessing and so much needed now, and you have wonderful tools, again, that not only teens and children but that families and adults can use to better themselves and to feel better about who they are and to manage the stresses and the challenges in their lives. So thank you for all that you do, and thank you for being on the Power Your Life show today. Thanks so much, Joanne, for having me. It was a really great uh, great experience for me. You're a great interviewer. You really are. So thank you. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Jeff, and more to come because I am getting that, that card deck. <laughs> I want to play with it and, of my work. and more. <laughs> Thanks again, Dr. Jeff. Take care. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So think about what Dr. Jeffrey Bernstein said, because he does have so many tools and strategies that, again, can not only help your children 
and your teens, but also you. We need them. And right now during these challenging times, some of the techniques, mindfulness and the positive psychology, and all of that can really help all of us better ourselves and be better role models for our children, for our teens, and even for ourselves to remember, hey, look at what I did yesterday that worked. Remember to be as positive as you can, utilize gratitude, and be compassionate, be gentle. We're all going through some challenges. Do that with love. If you want to get a hold of me, you can go to my website, docwhite, D-O-C-W-H-I-T-E dot org, or Dr. Joanne White with an E dot com, or you can email me at joanne at drjoannewhite dot com. I love to hear from you, find out more about upcoming shows and how I can help you. Have a beautiful day. Take care of yourselves. And know that you can, even if you take one step at a time, power your life. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.